Last week, Pastor Winston shared on encounter with God in four areas. Encounter God by experiencing His purpose, experiencing His presence, experiencing His peace. And today, I want to talk about experiencing His purpose. Encountering God by experiencing His purpose. Now, we are all people of mission, missions. We mission. We have a mission in this world. And the title of my message this morning is He Who Wins Souls is Wise. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He who wins souls is wise. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the gift of your word. And as we think about your word this morning, open our hearts, open our minds to hear you. So Father, be with us this entire time as I share. In Jesus' name, I pray. God's people say, Amen. Amen. It is a wise person who takes the long look, who thinks about the future. So how many wise people do we have here this morning? How many world-class Christians do we have here this morning? Will the wise people stand up? You dare not stand up? <laughs> Everyone, stand up. <laughs> stand up, stand up. Yeah. You are people of the Lord. You are all wise because the wisdom of God is upon you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's directing you. He's guiding you. He's giving you all the wisdom. Come on, be proud of being a wise man. <laughs> yeah, please be seated. Please be seated. It is a wise man who takes the long look. Abraham was wise. Lot was foolish. Jacob was wise. Esau was foolish. Every day I see people who foolishly take the short look. And they live for today. Very little thought about the future. The greatest wisdom in the world is not shown by the banker, not by the educator, not by the statesman, not by the millionaires. The greatest wisdom in the world is shown by the humble soul winner. Can you say amen? Yes. The Saviour himself indicated that one soul is worth more than all the world. He said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man exchange for his soul? Souls are the heartbeat of God. 
the greatest treasure in all the world is the soul. There are certain things that help us see the value of winning souls. I want us this morning to, to see why. Why winning souls is so important. Why is it true that God says he who wins souls is wise? First, in view of the reality of hell. The reality of hell. The most horrible fact in all the world is the reality of hell. The doctrine of hell has a prominent place in the Bible. Jesus himself spoke often about the reality of hell. The Bible teaches that hell is a definite place. In Luke chapter 16, verse 27 to, 20, verse 27 to 28, we know about the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They both died. Lazarus went to heaven, the rich man went to hell. The rich man saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom in heaven. Himself tortured in hell, the rich man pleaded with Abraham, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not come to this place, this tormenting place. In hell, though terribly tormented and suffered, suffering with suffering, he thinks of nothing of his own suffering. He could only remember his brothers and their destiny if they did not trust God for salvation. There are many programs and activities we have in churches today. Programs, activities to help people but none of them come close to being an, as important as winning souls. Because only soul winning can keep sinners out of the torment of hell fire. He who wins souls is wise, and only he who wins souls is wise. Second, in view of the disappointments and unhappiness of this world. Homes are in disarray, broken down. Relationships are broken. This is proven by the ever-growing divorce rate. Schools have failed. Jails are full of people, especially of young people, proving this failure. Our government is facing many challenges, especially the issue of race and religion. The Prime Minister, our Prime Minister, promised change. But we see, we don't see any real change that helps young people and others, others in our community. We have tensions in the Middle East just 11 days ago, an airplane crashed in Iraq, killing 176 people. 
We have the bushfires in Australia. And we have the volcanic eruption in Luzon, Philippines. Everywhere, people are sad. And they live with tragedy. They feel empty, they lack purpose, and they feel hopeless. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way for people to have pre-peace with God and hope for the future. Here is a powerful argument for winning souls. Soul peace and real rest for the weary and heavy laden can only be found in Jesus Christ. Those who are wise and those who are wise to win souls, Jesus said, come to me. All of you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is a good reason for winning souls and prove that he who wins souls is wise. Third, in view of the sufferings of Christ. What an, what an important reason for winning souls. Perhaps the most compelling of all reasons for winning souls is these. The sufferings of Christ prove the eternal worth of a soul. We who believe the Bible, we must see from the sufferings of Jesus how greatly he valued souls. He was tortured by the Roman soldiers, beaten on his back, died on the cross to pay the price for your sin, for my sins. He, to enable lost sinners to be saved from God's wrath. The death of Christ proves the value of a soul. If you want to be like Jesus, you must win souls because that was his supreme passion. The passion of Christ is souls. Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus himself said that. The Apostle Peter said that Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. No matter what we have to suffer to win souls, we cannot honestly say we are following Jesus Christ unless we make soul winning the top priority as he did at great cost and suffering. It is wise to follow the example of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ at any cost. His main business was to win souls. Since that was Christ's main purpose, it should be our main purpose as well. He who wins souls is wise. Number four, in view of the glories of heaven. The soul winner has many rewards in this life. First reward is the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit, because 
When you believe in Jesus Christ and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And when He lives in you, you are empowered. You are nourished. You are filled with power. And He gives you the intuition and the wisdom to see people, lead you to people. The second reward is answered prayer. This morning I was coming to church. I said I didn't, I didn't uh, have this experience many, many times. But today, because I want to be early to church, I went through five traffic lights without stopping. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't break the law. <laughs> it was all green all the way. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. Wow, that's a reward. You know, when you go shopping, you want to find a place, you... you you suddenly God give you a place. But yesterday we went uh, for lunch with uh, Chibeng and, and uh, uh, Zandra. We have not just one place, we have two. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So those are the rewards. Number three, soul winning make you, makes you a star. You want to be a star Christian? You want to be a first class Christian? You want to be a world class Christian? Jesus, I mean the, the Bible says in Daniel chapter 12, Verse 3, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You become a star when you win souls for Jesus. And number four, the fourth reward is it brings favor of God and man in your life. Psalm 102 verse 13. So when you're a child of God, who brings glory to God, God will in return bring glory to you. Take the long look. Look to the future with Jesus. Think of the rewards you will receive in eternity for winning souls. The man who works day and night until his youth is gone is acquiring a fortune, in acquiring a fortune may wake up to find his fortune gone overnight. Even if he can hold it in the palms of his hands, finally death will drag him away and his riches will disappear. Men do not carry their wealth when they leave this world. The fame of the world is hard to win and easy to lose. Remember, those in our generation, you remember Richard Nixon, the 37th President of the United States. From 1969 to 1974, in his election to a second term, President Nixon won by the most overwhelming vote the nation had ever seen. Most overwhelming vote. But a few months later, he was driven out of office by his enemies and had to go into virtual exile for years. The fame of the world is hard to win and easy to lose. Many are caught up in what we call the luxury call. We just go for the call of luxury. We want luxury. Big house, big cars. Lots of properties, lots of money, lots of gold, lots of silver. Many are pursuing, the, pursuing life with the sole purpose of amassing, amassing wealth. They have little concern for the poor and needy, 
what we keep in safe custody will be no use when we say goodbye to the world. Remember, we can do very little to strengthen our lives, but we can do much to deepen it, and we can do much to broaden our lives by living according to the Word of God. The late W.E. Sangster, famous preacher of the Methodist Church, he told the story which, which this hectic world has to take note. We have to take note. He says, in the year 1912, April the 15th, the mighty Titanic sunk. There are many stories of the last-minute scenes of the sinking of Titanic. And one of the stories goes like this. As the lifeboats were being lowered, a lady rushed to the captain and asked, what can I take? What can I take with me? The captain said, only three minutes. Rush to your cabin. Take three most important things you value much. Rush up now, go. The rich lady entered her cabin. The ship was by this time slanting already. She found her costly ornaments all scattered on the floor. The, the pearl necklace and the diamonds all on the floor. But you know what? She didn't go for the diamonds. She didn't go for the necklaces. What she went for? She went for three oranges. Three oranges. She took the oranges and she ran down to the, cap to the captain and entered into the lifeboat. The gold and luxurious items she valued most one hour ago now seemed useless at the time of impending disaster. Sangster said she preferred three oranges only at the last hour. This indeed is the psychology of holding too much on material things. Our Lord has warned us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves did not will not break or steal. Jesus wasn't against wealth. In fact, he, he wants to bless us materially too. But he is grieved by anything we value more than him. Placing him first and foremost in our lives is the key, is the key to prosperity. Chinese New Year is coming. We're all talking about prosperity. But what is the key to prosperity? Jesus Christ, placing Him first. That is the key to your prosperity. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Have you ever noticed that the older you get, the quicker the years seem to roll by? I was just telling people the other day, I only remembered as if it was last week, I was carrying a bag and going to primary one school. <laughs> well, it was just a week ago, but now, 
Now I'm, I'm much, much older. <laughs> How the years go by. Yeah, remember, I, I'm sure you remember. Casey, you remember when you were in school? Yeah, now you're, <laughs> you have your children and your children are already in, in varsity and they're all doing well in, in life. Time just flies by. Yet, with youth, all the young people, if you're here, listen. Today seems like forever. And every setback is an enormous catastrophe. Young people, make your life count. Serve the Lord all the days of your life. Life is short. It is too short to hold grudges and to live selfishly. So my encouragement today is forgive. Forgive those who hurt you. Make up, reconcile, close, have a good closure and move on. Life is short. You only have a certain number of days on this earth. We need to please God with those days. He who wins souls is wise. My main, second main point is what will it take to reap the harvest? The Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 6, it says, He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, many pastors, many ministers, and many leaders, even here in Glad Tidings, we are talking about revival. We want to see revival in this church. But what will it take to reap the harvest, the results of our harvest and labour? We need to take a good look at what we call the weeping sower. You may ask, why should a, a sower or a farmer of weep? Shouldn't sowing be a time of great expectations? Why would he weep over the seeds? Delivering the Word of God, delivering the Word of God often overwhelms me. Like the farmer of old who wept over their precious seeds, there's often a feeling of tremendous loss. Sometimes we preachers, when we come up to the pulpit, we preach. We hope that souls will respond to the preaching of God's Word. Will I see the result? Will I see the harvest? Or will one comes after me benefit from all this work? All we ask is that God's fruit remains. What will it take to bring in the harvest? Number one, we need to have compassion. What is compassion? Compassion means to suffer together. As someone once said, empathy is your pain in my heart. Jesus Christ showed compassion. What compassion really means. He had compassion for the multitudes. He had compassion for the leper. He had compassion for the sick and the unfortunates. We need to feel the pain of those who share, we share with we need to be filled with the compassion of Jesus to, for people around us. So to have compassion is to find creative we, ways to reach out. 
Many years ago, about 40 years ago, me and my wife, we first came to Glad Tidings. And we were here, a couple invited us when we were new for lunch in their home. This kind gesture of love and kindness left a very indelible mark in our lives. We truly were felt loved by God through this couple. And not only, not only that, this couple, they are now in their 70s. They are still doing it. They are still inviting people for lunch in their homes. And not only them, they have passed a legacy to their children. Their children are also inviting people to their homes for lunch. This is a very creative way to reach people. To have compassion, of course, is to pray. Only a praying church will have revival. When revival came to Scotland in, 1930, in the 1930s, it started in a church in Dundee, pastored by a young man in his 20s named Robert Murray McShane. When the leaders asked him, what causes the revival? This is what he said. That at the time the revival started, there were 39 prayer meetings and there were five of these meetings amongst the children. So this is why revival came. And we are so glad that we have already two weeks of prayer encounters in this church. And we see people coming to, work, to pray and intercede for souls. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So prayer is the key. Uh, R.A. Torre said, prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouse of God's infinite grace and power. But we must use the key. And the key is prayer. We have been praying for my brother-in-law for many, many years. Then just two months ago, we heard he had fourth stage prostate cancer. So recently, we took him and his son to see the consultant doctor in General Hospital KL. During the trip, and while waiting for the consultant doctor, we shared with them the gospel. They were very resistant in the past, but now they listen. At least they listen. I believe that in due time, in due time, he will give his life to Jesus. On 31st December, just last, last month, the last day of the month last year, my friend and I had breakfast in a coffee shop. And I, was, I felt led by the Spirit to, to share a table with a man and a woman. They are brothers and sisters. So the, during the conversation, as we make friends and do the preliminaries, finally, the brother, 49-year-old brother, gave his life to Jesus. Come on, give Jesus praise. In early September 2018, just two years back, one of our Connect Group members, they brought his brother, Frankie, and his wife to church, and both of them gave their life to Jesus Christ. Later, they returned to Sydney, Australia, <laughs> yeah, okay. They returned to Sydney, Australia. And then I, I contacted one of our Connect Group leaders. Yeah, his name is, of course, 
Uh, you know, is Aaron Chu, uh, your Damansara, Bukit Damansara cell. Aaron Chu is a leader there. And I asked Aaron if he could visit Sydney, uh, Sid, uh, Frankie in Sydney. So he was, I, I found out that he, was, he and his family were going to Sydney. So I said, can you help? He said, yeah. So he, he volunteered. So when he reached Sydney, Sydney he, 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 I mean, he, he took leave for, for a while. And then he took effort to go for a few miles and kilometers to, to meet with Frankie. He had, to, he had to walk quite a long, long distance. And he had to climb a lot of stairs just to reach uh, Frankie's place. And his right knee was very painful. So imagine, you know, walking such a long distance with a, with a, with a knee pain. He finally reached Frankie's place, shared the gospel with them, encouraged them, prayed with them, even located a church for Frankie and the wife. Downloaded the Bible into the, the, the phone. So he did. This is what we call first-class follow-up, first-class discipleship. Come on, give, just, give God praise. The following day, yeah, just the following day, Aaron went to a shopping mall. So his iPad was like no more, no more power. So he went to the public place and, and he put a jack in and wanted to, you know, to, to charge his iPad. And he went to do something and then when he came back, his iPad was lost. Stolen. <laughs> so he made a police report. He made a police report and after the... He thought maybe, you know, I just took a chance whether I can get or not. But just the next day, the police called him. Please come and collect your iPad back. <laughs> he was so surprised. So surprised. So later the police told him, somebody found your iPad in a bus stop. You know, bus stop? And returned to the police station. Yeah, praise God. So when you, when you serve the Lord, the Lord's favour is upon you. Come on, give Jesus praise. <laughs> now, a week later, after returning to Malaysia, one day, Aaron was uh, going to, about to do his washing up. Then he felt movement in his right leg. You know what he heard? He heard like, you know, those dry bones coming back to life. <laughs> I think uh, Dr. Dr. Taeyong Wan, you're there. <laughs> you're the bone expert. So it's a cracking of bones. Then he's thinking, hey, what's happening to my leg? Suddenly he found that after the cracking sound, his leg was completely healed. Come on, give Jesus praise. <laughs> Whoa, that was a great, great testimony. God really cares for His people who serves Him. God really answered the prayer of God's people. Amen. You and I are saved today because somebody prayed for you. Can you say amen? Yeah, you're not here by chance, you know. You don't, see, you don't think, oh, I just come to Jesus just like that. No. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for me. That's how I can be here. So keep praying. If your loved ones are not saved, keep praying. God says, I will answer your prayer. I desire that none should perish, but all to call on Jesus. Secondly, we need to have bonus. For we did not, God did not give us spirit of timidity, but spirit of power, love, and of self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1, 4, 7. 
as the bearer of God's precious seeds, we must be bold and fervent. On the 25th of December, Christmas Day, just a few days back, last month, I received a message from Pastor Winston. He said, can you visit this, this man in hospital? He's very badly injured in a car accident. His sister, who is on mission in China, Pastor Mary Tan, asked if, you, if we can visit him. So the next, the next day, the fastest I can, I visited him in the hospital. He was having uh, all kinds of drips, all kinds of wires all around. He was very badly, badly injured in the car accident. 80 over years old and driving a car, he went, he, he lost his senses, went against a wall and crashed. I went to him, prayed with him. The wife was there holding his hand. So I talked talk to him. I said, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. If you open your life, your heart to Jesus, he will come in and be your God. If you hear me, squeeze the hand of your wife. He squeezed the hand of the wife. So I was not sure whether that was the, the one confirmation. I said, Jesus loves you and he wants to be your Lord and Savior. If you have received him now, squeeze one more time. He squeezed the wife's hand again. So praise the Lord. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. Come on, give Jesus praise. And not that, not only that, Pastor Mary Tan told Pastor Winston, that she has been praying for her brother for 50 years. Five zero. <laughs> 50 years, and this is how the brother came to know the Lord. God is in the blessing business. He wants to bless us and our families. So anyone, he doesn't want to leave anyone out. He wants your family to be saved. Anyone can join by faith. The greatest blessing you can receive is the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ personally. If you're here today, you're not a Christian yet, I want to give you an opportunity. By just raising your hands to the Lord, you're indicating, Jesus, I need you to forgive me of my sins. If you're that person today, just raise your hand. If not, later when you see one of our pastors or leaders, tell them you make this decision for Christ. Giving your life to Jesus determines where you will spend eternity. The greatest blessing you can be is to share Jesus with someone. Let's not allow anything to keep us out of the river of God's purpose. Some of us need to get back into that river. Maybe you've been so busy, you've been mud wrestling on the bank of the river, or you've been too busy building a career or accumulating wealth, while the river of God's blessings have passed by. Sharing Jesus with others determines how you will spend eternity. Get involved with the things of God. 
with the things God cared for, and you will be blessed. Making His priority your priority, and you will be blessed. Making His kingdom your passion, and you will be blessed. We need, thirdly, we need a sense of urgency. One day, very soon, Jesus will come. So don't be like the five foolish virgins with no more oil. Be the five wise virgins with full of oil when the Lord comes for us. Souls are perishing and unless we make soul winning our priority, they will end up in hell. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There are yet millions, many more in our families not saved yet. Let us make effort to reach them. If you want us to visit your family members who are not saved, come tell us. We'll be too glad to visit them with you. As long as it is day, we must do the work. We must do the work of Him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. There's nothing more important than to win souls for Jesus Christ because He wants all men to be saved. We need to have compassion. We need to pray. We need to reach out. We need to have boldness. And we need to sense and realize the urgency. We don't have much time. Time is very, very short. So thirdly, what is our main job description? Our main job description is when you have received, you give away. You have received salvation, you give away God's good news so that others may receive salvation as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He who wins souls is wise. Worship Him. Let's sing that uh, the doxology together. Let's all stand. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on anything new and stay connected with us on our social media.